Alright guys, welcome back. It's 2022. Another season F1 on its way. And we are here with Adam. He makes his return after, I don't know how long the hiatus was, but welcome back. <laughs> welcome to Three Tents Up. I think it was, uh, it's been a while even that. So, yeah. Uh, Welcome back. I mean, how's it been? I mean, we, you and I started this thing, oh my god, years and years ago. I know, three or four years ago now? Maybe more, Maybe I don't know. More. The hiatus was good. Uh, the Mercedes domination finally got to me and I had to take a break. And uh, <laughs> Michael Massey is a personal hero of mine. i just like to state that on record. <laughs> uh, but no, man, it's been good. I... Uh, Shit, Drive to Survive comes out, and it always gets me pumped up for the new season. Of course, testing just wrapped up, too. So I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I think this season with the regulation changes, I mean, it's all to play for. And I think it's going to be really competitive. It does seem like that. It does seem like – and, I mean, the whole cue that it's just testing – uh, stereotype but it does seem like i i know some teams are hiding their pace but it does mm -hmm. seem like it is pretty competitive you have like older midfield or midfield teams for the last few years that are topping timesheets so you have old the top teams that are you know competitive you have everything's all over the place it looks like um you know it looks like an esports lineup grid you know like mm -hmm. it looks like just regular um stock regulation cars and yeah. testing and everyone seems to be trying to figure out what's the best setup what's the best you know aero package i mean i think this is the the most uh what's it called radical the cars have been in terms of differences from team to mm -hmm. team than we've had in um, what a, over a decade yeah i mean you know just look at the side pod designs that have shown up in preseason. If you just look at those alone and look at the different configurations, I mean, how long has it been since we've seen cars be this different where the engineering groups are trying this many different things? So, you know, I, it's hard to always tell from preseason testing because I agree with you. I think people hide their pace. Uh, we won't know until qualifying comes at the first race uh, where people stand, but how long has it been since a preseason testing session didn't end with Mercedes completing the most uh, laps for a single driver? Lando Norris completed 200 at Bahrain, which was two more than George Russell. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know, man. I don't know what to think. You know, there's been a bunch of small issues that hindered, teams mclaren seems like they may have a bigger issue with their brakes but it's all up in the air and that's the exciting part i think you know first race is going to sort out a lot of things but i think the championship may be a three or four way fight for a while this season which we have not seen that in a very long time yeah and you know i saw reporting too just about like alpine stating that they're going for you know raw pace rather mm -hmm. than reliability Yep. So, I mean, I think there's going to be, you know, some teams like what the notorious, the McLaren in the early 2000s on how they kind of went for, they were probably in some years the faster car 
or mm -hmm. mid-2000s, they were the faster car out of the grid, but the re reliability hindered them. So I think you might go to race to race about as these teams are learning their pace, learning their car, learning the new regs, you're going to have some dark horses. I mean, you mentioned before the podcast, and we have, you know, in our group chat that Haas turned out to be pretty impressive after they kind of looked to be stumbling into the season. And then, you know, mm -hmm. Mick Schumacher, Kevin Magnussen topped on day two of Bahrain testing, and Mick Schumacher was, what, five tenths off of Max's time? And, I mean, take yeah, Max's he was... time for whatever. Yeah, I mean, a half second off of Red Bull, you know, and again, we don't know how hard he was pushing, but that was not on an equal compound tire either. So I, it's just, who knows? You know, Haas skipped all of the development that they could have done on their car last year to focus on this season. And it may have paid off. You know, I don't expect them to probably chase a podium, I wouldn't think. Uh, I mean, there's always been surprises in Formula One, but I think that they will potentially have a strong contention to be kind of at the front of that midfield pack, just based on the looks of things. Alpha kind of struggled in preseason testing. Uh, it seemed like they had some reliability issues. Um, so I, I don't know, man, it's, it's an exciting, exciting time in the sport. And I think, uh, there's going to be a lot of unknowns at every track. Um, that comes with these cars. So I think you're going to see a lot of in-season development trying to figure out these new regulations and what works best. Yeah, I, I think there could be like segments of the season, right, where where one team is stronger than the other. Instead of it being track-to-track mm -hmm. -track like it was with Ferrari and Mercedes and Red Bull and Mercedes the last few years, you might see, you know, you might see Aston Martin do really well in portions of the season, or you might see, you know, Ferrari have um you know just out outright crazy pace on a couple of venues that are you yep. know incomparable to anybody else in the field I, I think you're going to have a lot more of unpredictability um at least that's what we're hoping this is all speculation i think anyone I mean, <laughs> anyone listening has a guess i i don't think i can discredit you with anything at this point um right. but yeah it is the unpredictability is going to be nice and you know, I don't like to have the downfall of a team. You know, I I don't want to have any ill ill intentions. But you know, if Mercedes is a lackluster uh, demonstration and testing is anything, I that would be nice to me. <laughs> I just I, and I'm I don't want them to be bottom of the grid. <laughs> I don't think that's you know. I think you need Mercedes to do well in the sport to you know have the sport continue, but. It would be interesting to see them, you know, not be up there in the top three and how they how they develop their car and how what that does to Hamilton and Russell and how it strains the team. It would make it just would make things a lot more interesting, just like it would be if Carlos Sainz was leading the championship with 20 mm -hmm. points, you know, by I don't nice. know, by Monaco, you know. Yeah, and I mean. You know, when you kind of read between the lines on testing, I mean, some people within the sport seem to have a pretty good read on things. And a lot of people are saying that Ferrari are going to be tough to handle just from what they've seen. Um, 
you know, I think Red Bull, Adrian Newey is always kind of a, a wild card in these because when you give him a fresh set of regulations to work with and where he can come up with all kinds of aero schemes on the car, Red Bull is going to be tough to handle. Uh, obviously, their engine power, they sorted out all the issues with that last year, it seemed like, um, and were extremely strong for Max to win the championship. I just, I don't know. You know, I, I think... I think Ferrari, I think Red Bull, just early on looks are probably my top two to kind of compete. Right. Um, a lot of people are saying that Mercedes don't have a good handle on their car yet. Um, because when you look at the suspension and the cars going down the straights and how much porpoising the cars are doing, it definitely seems like Mercedes has it the worst. And, you know, that stiff of suspension leads to better cornering. But if they have to soften that for driver comfort because it looks like they're getting beat up going down a straightaway, um, that may take away some of that advantage. So I, it'll be interesting. It's, like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of in-season development, and I think you're going to sh- see surges from different teams uh, towards the front as things are developed, put on the car, and found out with these new regulations. Right, and you know, if anyone that's just even casually – looked at f1 in the past five years knows you know the big deficit from the other teams to mercedes has been their engine deficit and Mm -hmm. you know if you can't use that straight line speed that they've just been so you know known for then and then you're having to soft it up in the corners which you know if they have any achilles heel over the last few years has been you know uh, tight circuits and hot circuits Mm-hmm. Um, if you're running into that, I mean, you're kind of, you're taking back your advantage and it's kind of, it's putting you kind of on the back foot in terms mm-hmm. of what you've been used to and how do you adapt and how quickly can you adapt to, you know, losing that advantage. So it's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams go throughout the season. And yeah, it, it Mercedes does seem to be a, very mixed bag. Um, yeah. They're the team that I, there's a lot of unknown. Now, if they come out stomping, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But I, it does seem like they're more on the back foot this year than they ever have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I guess, encouraging to see for the other teams. But, yeah, I would agree, too, with Red Bull and Ferrari being up there. Um McLaren seems to have some glimpses. You, you did mention that that break issue that they've had, and there has been, you know, Landon Norris was stating he wasn't solely confident in some aspects of the car. But I, I see them probably trying to make a run for that top three. Um, but I, I mean, the the two, the two teams that I think I just Alfa Romeo seem to just not Oof. be in the not be in the loop. Um, over the last few years, there's been a pretty steady decline. Like they just, they have not improved. They've been, if any, any portion stagnant. And uh, I don't, I don't know. I have a bad feeling about Alpine. I don't know why. I just have a bad feeling about Alpine. I mean, I yeah, I don't know what to think. You know, I mean, for the teams that don't really make any noise in preseason testing and are just kind of under the radar and really are not talked about much. I mean, I know that Fernando Alonso had, I think the fourth fastest time in testing 
Mm-hmm. But uh, it just seems like it's awfully quiet for them, and I I don't know how to to take that really. I don't know if we should expect good things from them, um, or if they're just kind of gonna be stagnant and kind of stay where they were in the previous generation too. You know, right? Uh, just a solid midfield runner ahead of you know Williams potentially and Alpha. Um, I don't know what to think about Alpha Towery either. Honestly, I it seems like that they're always punching above their weight, but with the new regulations, you know, they had a good handle on the the last iteration of the car. I don't know how they're going to do with this with this new car. Uh, being the sister team of Red Bull always has to help. I just it, it's kind of that midfield's going to be a jumbled mess. I think for quite a while of this season. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I, it, if anything, if you guys are still listening with all this, we, we've rambled on for 15 <laughs> minutes saying we don't know what's going to happen. So exactly. that's the short version, right? But it is there is a lot of questions, and of course the season's going to answer them. Um, yep. I just I don't think we're going to have a you know an idea. I think we're going to have an idea much later in the season to who's who's better than mm-hmm. we usually have. I mean, it was pretty apparent last year that it was going to be Red Bull Mercedes. I mean, even without yeah. pace, even with Lewis with the strong start, you saw Red Bull Honda was, that car was fast. And that car was probably the faster of the two for about three-fourths of the season. So, yep. Um, yeah, it, it's going to it's gonna be interesting. And, I mean, this is probably, uh, between you and I watching, uh the most radical update that they ever had to the cars. I mean, we've, we've watched through 17, you and I kind of, I think you and I have kind of grown up with the sport together. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. so it, this, this is going to be a first for us. Um, and I, I know Raz will go on his history lesson. Of, you know, he's, <laughs> Professor he's Raz. This, yeah. Professor Raz. He's watched this in 1997 and he can quote this from Michael Schumacher at this. Okay. We get that. But, I mean, for you and I, this is going to be, maybe even Tom's um, in some portions, this is going to be new for us. Yep. And I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see. I think I'm more excited for this season than I have been since probably 17, when they mm-hmm. kind of had the, when they went with the bigger, t- bigger cars, bigger tires. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I think in my Formula One watching career, uh, fandom career. Fandom I, career. I like that. That's right. I I think these are the biggest changes that we're going to see for quite a while and have seen for a while. You know, I mean, I remember watching whatever Seb was with Red Bull and, and won four straight and ripped them off. And, you know, we thought they were going to be great. And then the regs changes, uh, the engines changed. And from there, I mean, Mercedes, I mean, carried the ball and, and ran away with it. And my, my love for the sport kind of waned at times because you just knew, you knew every week who was going to win. And I think that is what I'm looking forward to the most this season is there are so many unknowns for the teams with this car that as they discover things, you're actually going to see tangible progress within the midfield and at the front of the field too. Um, and actually see people, advance and teams advance based on, you know, the engineering team. It just feels like it's more in the hands 
of the engineering teams and the drivers than it has been before to me. Yeah, it, it definitely has. And you can tell that there's a lot more buzz in the sport in general. I think I think the sport has been re rejuvenized over the last mm-hmm. few years. I know DTS has a lot to do with it. I know just expansion, the new owners trying to get it to um, more places, um, some we like more than others, <laughs> but, yep. or, you know, more locations. And But it's also got a lot more buzz about uh, manufacturers coming in. They're making the sport cheaper. They're making it, you know, a little bit more fair for the top and midfield teams to kind of compete over the same budget. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you have this engineering runaway, like how I think it really should be, um, and uh, also having what's it called uh the drivers having more of an impact kind of how it was you know back in the day kind of deal but you know it just has more of a a vibrant feel to it and you know if you add in a couple years that you have porsche and you know audi and you know some of these other manufacturers coming into the sport again Mm -hmm. expanding the grid that gives more drive more young drivers uh chances that gives more business ventures for people it gives the sport just more you know, gravitas to be a part of. And this seems like it could be a good start. I completely agree. And I think as a U.S. fan of Formula One, you know, not only do we have Haas, but uh, Colton Herta, who is an IndyCar driver, just got signed to do a development deal for Formula One with McLaren. And then you have Andretti talking about making the switch over to Formula One, too. Uh, And they'll probably have engines supplied by Renault to bring them back into the fold. So, I mean, I think the next, you know, three to five years for Formula One potentially is going to see an incredible growth for the sport. And I just think, you know, the more money, the more eyes, the more competitive the sport um I can't wait to see where things go. And I think these new cars have a lot to do with it. Yeah. I mean, changes, change in this aspect is always good. Right. And, you know, we had a lot of controversy last year, but, you know, any sort of what, what's the saying, any sort of, uh, any sort of publicity is good publicity. That's right. So, I mean, (laughs) The way the season ended, whether you agree or not, I, th- I think the chat has uh, had some angry days <laughs> between some <laughs> of our members, um, and it's it's still continuing. And we're what four, three, four months past. Uh, oh yeah, I, I, I think that's that race is going to be brought up for as long as we live. We're going to be ninety still talking about that race. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll still be cheering for the outcome, and people will still be yelling me, yelling at me about it. So. Right, right. I mean, it, it's you know, I was, I was, uh, I was watching DTS with my fiance, and I was, um, I was saying, you know, they always say this is the season of the most drama. This, this is the season that's going to go down to the wire. I'm like, and it actually did. Like, I don't know how many times I've heard that line, and they'd be like, wow, it actually went out to the last race on the last lap. Regardless of what you think of the outcome, that's insane to even have. Yes. So, I mean, it is. It's like a, it's like a movie. So yeah. it's um, – I uh, drive to survive. You know, you mentioned that just to touch on it a second because the new season came out. But oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we can understate the impact that that's had on Formula One growing – within the U S too. I mean, when I'm on Twitter, you know, I, 
I look at Formula One accounts and I keep up with what's going on. There is so much more uh, buzz about Formula One than I ever remember. And right or wrong, last year's finale absolutely plays into that because people want to see what's next now. They can't wait for more. Yeah, it's like... um... I know it's like a it's like a drug or sugar candy whatever you know you need to have more you want more you want yep. more. you can't just have one chip you know That's it's right. it's kind of like this addiction and um yeah and I mean I I I'm a big podcast fan I listen to a bunch of sports podcasts mainly I listen to you know I do this on racing so I like to listen to something else so I sure. usually listen to basketball podcasts and you know some of these podcasts will cover you know they'll cover American football or they'll they'll cover, um, you know, some world events or stuff like that. And a lot of them have started to kind of dabble in F1. And that's when, you know, like when you have, especially you and I being from the Mm -hmm. U S it's always NASCAR. Um, if it's racing, it's, it's stock car, uh, some indie car. And I mean, if, if you go through some expansion, maybe some of the, uh, Isma or, uh, ISMA yeah. um, endurance on s- mm-hmm. certain times of the year, but Formula One has just never hit here, and it really finally feels like it's hitting in the U.S. So it, yeah, it, Drive Survive is just, for better or worse, it's um, it's helped out the sport. I mean, we went to Circuit of the Americas for the U.S. Grand Prix in 2016, uh-huh. and we thought the crowd then was okay. And you see videos and pictures of the crowd that was at that track last year. It doesn't even look like the same event. You know, yeah. you mentioned that it does not even look like the same event that you and I went to. Yeah, we I I went in fifteen and sixteen, and that's when you and I went together. And yep. you know, I went to MotoGP in eighteen, and uh, same circuit, and it there was nothing. Nothing mm-hmm. was close to um, what I saw on television and you know social media about this last Grand Prix. So it has just lit a fire in the U.S. market, and I think everywhere too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, does any other? I don't think any other country has two Grand Prix in the country. No, I don't believe so. I and mean, the U.S. is going to be the first to have it, at least on the calendar this year. Yeah, and. I don't think it'll stop there. We may get a, we may get another. I mean, there's been talks for years about they were trying to develop a track, you know, in New Jersey that had the New York skyline in the background. Right. Uh, it's kind of the background. So, and Vegas, people always long for Laguna Seca or Watkins Glen. I mean, I you know, I don't know if those are realistic, but I think that there's every chance that we could get a third race here too. Right. I so. You look at some of these big cities; they'll 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 make anything into a street circuit. I mean, look, yeah, you can I mean, have hell, something in Miami's Chicago. Doing a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right by the Dolphin Stadium. So, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's pretty nuts. Um, talk about invitations changing the sport. I guess we can kind of segue over. Um, I guess we do have to touch on it. I don't know if we can go without touching on this. Is uh the Russian consequence of Oof. their invasion of Ukraine to, you know, the Formula One world. And obviously um, 
want that to be over as soon as possible and all that. Um, yeah. Just a terrible situation that happens in modern times. It's kind of, I don't know, just shocking. But yeah. in, in terms of impact in the Formula One world means um, dropping of the title sponsor for Haas, which, you know, everyone has probably seen by this point, and Nikita Mazepin, which... I mean, I guess we do give opinions on this podcast from time to time. I'm not going to miss him too much. <laughs> but, I don't think Gunther Steiner will either, based on Drive to Survive. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, but, you know, in, in seriousness, he lost his seat. So they brought back Kevin Magnuson, which I think... Right. What, I'm a fan. Bet. Yeah. But there was no hype about it. Like what I was, what were the suitors were Giovinazzi, Hulkenberg, and um, what's that F2 driver? I just lost his name. Pastry? Pat? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna get not knowing that I'm gonna get roasted for it. Um, but yeah, there was uh, you know, speculation between those three, and then they just I saw like Kevin Magnus. Was gonna be Hulkenberg. You did? I thought it was going to yeah. be Giovinazzi because of the uh, because I mean, of the that's, money. That's a fair guess of any, and his ties to Ferrari. Yeah, you know, too. Um, I'm I'm good with it. I'm glad they brought him back. I think having kind of a veteran presence to to help Mick too. I think it's a good thing, and I think he will be able to give uh, good feedback on the car. It seems like he was pretty happy with the car in preseason testing. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, before anything else, our thoughts are with everybody in Ukraine because that situation is just absolutely nuts to me. But when you get in bed with a Russian oligarch who's that close to uh, a tyrant, sometimes you got to pay the consequences. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, they they made their bed and they had to lay in it. And I, Haas did absolutely the right thing. I mean, Oh yeah. Uh, when there's questions about, you know, Dmitry Mazepin's allegiance to Putin. And, um, I, I just think they didn't really have a choice if they, if they wanted to save their image and maintain, you know, a respectful standing in the sport in Eurocali had to go, and Mazepin had to go. Um, so good on them for making the change. I I think, you know, all the money that uh, Eurocali and Mazepin pumped into the team, it looks like it's paid off and helped with the car development just from what we can see so far in preseason testing. But with that being said, that money now being shut off may hurt them a little bit through the season, you know, through in-season development. We've seen that before with Haas. Um, so that may continue, but who knows? They may find another title sponsor to come on board in the season, and that concern won't really come to fruition. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, the, I, I have I have hopes that you know they're going to continue. They've they've always found an answer, and uh, <laughs> you know their answers have been no short of drama. Um, <laughs> you know, it's between this and, you know, have some comedic standpoint between this and rich energy and just, oh man, it's just yeah, been a whirlwind for them since they've got into the sport. <laughs> they, they need to, to bet the sponsors a little bit better. Rich energy was a disaster. And then 
your Alkali didn't really turn out to be uh, any say, better. Fact, yeah, I would say <laughs> much worse, if anything, you know, on yep. on the grand scheme scale. So, yeah, it's um, they definitely bring some um drama to the sport in terms of. So, <laughs> it uh, yeah, it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting to see, but it does seem like the team's in a good spot. And, you know, I like I like K-Mag. Um, and I think having – I agree, having him as a veteran presence uh, with Mick and development of the car now that they pumped a lot of money into it um, could pay off. Um, I, I don't know how long – as you said, I don't know if it's going to be three races pay off. I don't know if it's going to be half the season. I don't know if it's going to be a full season, but – it does seem that they're in good standing as of now. And, I mean, that's, I guess, what's important. I mean, any improvement is better compared to last year, so... Yeah, uh, they're not going to be... They're not going to be Manor in 15, so... Yeah, that's um, right. They, the only way's up at this point, so... Yes, I guess that's a correct. I mean, let's see, I... I'm looking at the grid. I just... It, trying to see if there's something um you know worth worth mentioning i mean do you have a favorite do you have a favorite looking car if we're gonna just go through aesthetics man there's one <laughs> the tug at your heartstrings more than others do you have one that you hate car, but, but those side pods are ugly <laughs> oh the red bulls yeah I'm, I'm not a fan of the red bull really? I, think I love it i love it yeah yeah, I, I like the think it's I like funky. the Ferrari. The Ferrari. Yeah, I think that's my favorite looking car on the grid so far, um, and it looks fast. And hopefully, it'll be a long time coming for Ferrari if they've actually struck on something and um, can actually put together a whole competitive season. Yeah, but what about you? Is Red Bull your favorite? You know, I I think I'm leaning to it because it just looks so outlandish. And yeah. I, I really like the Ferrari. The Ferrari was the first car I saw that I'm like, that thing looks mean. That thing mm-hmm. looks like what the whole Top Gear thing. Of, it looks fast standing still. Yes, um, I agree. And that's what I felt when I saw the Ferrari. But I, I saw the funkiness, and I don't know. just That, that car just was draped with Adrian Newey energy yeah. and, and, you know, intellectual <laughs> knowledge. And I was just like, ah, that's, that thing's going to be nuts. So yes, I, I, I like, I think I'm going to go towards that. It, it's a very basic livery, uh, livery in terms of, you know, it looks very rebel, you know, there's nothing different in the past right. <laughs> five, six years, but I, I just think that car looks, uh, it looks, it looks, it looks nice. You know, if we're talking just about paint scheme only and disregarding any of the aero features on the car, Alfa Romeo is a very nice looking car too. I love the paint scheme mm-hmm. on it. Uh, I love the candy apple red and the white. I think they did great. I'm just worried that that car is going to be very slow. <laughs> it's gonna, it'll look good if it's on the back of the grid, but yeah, it, it, it might be standing still a lot for people to take pictures. <laughs> of, I'm afraid. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Alfa Romeo's always got it right. Um, I, the one car that has grown on me a lot too, I have to say, that is a looker for me. I like the Williams, and I, I think this is the first real time I've been like, man, I like a Williams. Because I have to say, like, I'm trying to look back and see, have I ever liked a, a Williams paint scheme? 
and I don't know if I have. I'm like, I I know I'm gonna get it. Like Raz's, if he ever listens to this, he's gonna be, oh, it's the canon, the canon blue. I didn't like it. You know, I I just I don't think I've ever really liked a Williams scheme, and I really like this car. It's grown on me. Yeah, I mean, when I think of the Williams, you know, I think of the Canon scheme, and that was okay. But, you know, a lot of what I think of when I think of Williams is just the blue and white that they ran for so long that really was just kind of boring and plain to me. Yeah. Um, and this year, I, immediately, whenever I saw the car, I, I sent a message in our group chat and said, that thing is ugly. I, I kind of take it back. It's grown on me a little bit, but uh-huh. I still think it looks like somebody ate a bag of Skittles and then yacked on a piece of paper. This <laughs> is the car, but it's it's better. It's better than it was at first for me. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's it's that's what I do like about it. It's all about taste. There's there's gonna be people that like um like the schemes and like not, but mm-hmm. um yeah, it 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 is a very I always I do remember one of my big pieces when I used to write a lot was about how boring some of the the paint schemes were and yep. just how far we've come in terms of like I, I just think every car has a very big personality on the grid. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a team that's like uh, that's, you know, you might not like the Williams, but it looks different than any other car on the grid. And it, it just, I just remember everything just being this gray. Um, <laughs> you know, what was it? Salva did that there gray. there was a Mercedes at the front you were looking at, so everything was gray. Yeah, but, but I mean, you had Mercedes and Salva was all gray. And, yeah. um, Lotus was black. Ugh. I mean, like, god, you, even the, <laughs> yeah, like some of that was just like, oh my god, and they had the black McLaren. It's just like, wow, these cars just look, I don't know. So, it is nice to see some versatility. Mm-hmm. I guess I agree. Yeah, you, I think I think you'll be able to distinguish the cars easily on TV this year, and not have to, you know look for a driver helmet so much like you did before to try and figure out who it is. Or why they made the numbers so massive on the cars yeah. starting in like 2018 because they're like, <laughs> <laughs> you needed to know who it was. Uh-huh. Um, what's his name? Uh, Crofty will still get it wrong 80% oh. of the time, but he's got a 50% chance, but you know. Without a doubt. Whatever whatever helps, I guess. Um, yeah. Do you have a driver pairing that you're most uh, – there wasn't – there actually wasn't too many changes this year. Well, I guess – let's see. There's uh, – I guess there's a decent amount. Not I We've had more in the past, but do you have a driver pairing that you like a lot? Um, I don't know if I have one that I like a lot. I mean, I think – I think don't Ferrari's like a lot? lineup – well, <laughs> I think Ferrari's lineup is going to be solid. I think um, Sainz and Leclerc – you know, have a very good, um, I mean, I, I think they should have a very good outlook for the season. They're both competitive. I think they get along. Um, they seem to have a good relationship. And they I, do. I, I, I kind of saw that through the season, but seeing some, that's my favorite thing about Drive to Survive is seeing like the conversations, right? Not so far, not so much the racing that they, you know, uh, they broadcast. It's more of right. the, the interactions between 
drivers and uh, media and everything, and they just seem to have like a really good relationship in terms of team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would say one that I'm worried about or you know wary of a little bit probably is going to be Alfa Romeo because Botas now goes from being in the shadow of Lewis at Mercedes to now being, you know, Alpha's number one driver. So they're going to have some expectations put on him. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be interesting to see if he can carry that or if that kind of wears on him a little bit because, you know, the number two driver now he's kind of an unknown quantity. Um, yeah, I just I don't really know what to think about how they are moving forward, and then preseason testing, as we've already mentioned, didn't give me a ton of confidence in them either. Right. Yeah, I. Yeah, I I can definitely see, especially if, I mean, they're just they're going to be at the bottom of the grid, and nothing starts to line up for them. Um, I mean, I think Aston Martin's going to have a lot of more expectation put on them. I think they mm-hmm. thought they were going to be this, you know, the strong suitor out of the midfield. And I think that's going to be more of a team strain than a driver strain. But I don't know. I I, I don't know about, uh, I mean, I don't know about McLaren in terms of, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll go ahead and say it. I'm not the biggest fan of Lando. Yeah. And I don't know how that dynamic's going to work in the course of, you know, the new Mercedes dynamic. I, mm-hmm. I think I think I think Russell's going to put more strain on Lewis. Um, I do. I think it's going to get as volatile as Rosberg. I don't. I don't see that being the case. But I mean, it's anytime you bring in a new driver, you have a chance of messing up the chemistry, and especially in the, in terms of expectation moving from season to season. I think there's a lot of teams that have a lot more expectation put on them this year than, you know, say last year. You know, I think McLaren had quite a bit, but I think McLaren has, you know, the expectation is them to be consistently fighting for race wins. Same with, you know, Mercedes and Red Bull and Ferrari. And you, you can even say the same thing about, you know, Aston Martin, you would at least think they're going to start competing for wins. Mm-hmm. So what is that going to be on strain of the team? But Yeah, it's, it's an interesting point about Mercedes, too. I mean, I, I don't think George is going to be nearly as far behind Lewis as uh, Valtteri was. Um, I think George is hungry. I think he's hungry to prove that he has what it takes to represent that team and be the lead driver. And I can see potentially where that's going to cause some conflict in the team Um, because George is fast, man. You know, when he got his chance to step into the Mercedes, he had extremely bad luck that prevented him from winning the race for them. So I, I think that, um, you know, you might see kind of a, a change in that team, an evolution of that team where it's not all slanted towards potentially supporting Lewis. Um, Especially if they're on the back foot, right? Because then you're exactly. not going to be able to put, oh, we're we're backing Lewis because this is, you know, he's the stronger driver out of the season. This is going to be the driver that's in contention for the championship. Now, if you have, you know, say a third, fourth place constructor's car, 
mm-hmm. you're going to be doing that on a race to race basis, right? Right. So you're going to be like, okay, we might we might not be in the drivers championship, but we need to be higher on the constructors because that's where we get, you know, that's how we get funds, that's how we get yep. reward money. So uh, you know, Lewis might not have pace at one thing, or you know, Russell might not want to move over because of you know, uh, personal preference. So right. It, it, it's gonna it's gonna there's a lot of factors this season that i just think it make it so much more interesting than previous yeah i completely agree and i mean i think along those lines i know we kind of wanted to do some predictions yeah um, let's do it for the season way too early predictions but um you know wh- where do you want to start do you want to start with who we think will win the championship oh my god <laughs> Let's just start uh, off yeah, big. I mean, I don't know if I want to. Usually, I want to go back, right? Like, I, I went back, and I mean, we can we can touch on this too. I have it in my notes actually about what our expectations were last year, uh, <laughs> to what they are, what what ended up happening, you know. Um, but God, man, wow! I I, I had you know I. Max retaining, I think Red Bull's going to be crazy. I don't know if I want to go logically or I just want to go straight passion. <laughs> you know, like, do I just, yeah. because that's two different things. And I've really realized that. And, you know, your, your bias will completely, I mean, I don't know how many times I picked uh, Daniel Ricardo or Sebastian Vettel to win the race <laughs> in previous years. And it's just Lewis, 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 you know? <laughs> But yep. every weekend I was like, God, I think I think Ferrari can do it this year. <laughs> they can do it this race. Seb's gonna do it. Oh yeah, no, man. I don't know. I, I if I go on a full passion and if uh, if everything, say preseason's what it is, and we do have a everything that from preseason's true, we have a really competitive car. Or they have a really competitive car, and he just comes out in complete form. I just, I still think Leclerc has the chance if he has the car under him and he starts to minimize some mistakes. I just, I think there's very few drivers that will go out and match him <laughs> on his best day. I just, I like, I've always liked him. Well, yeah. I mean, I think he's a great driver. I mean, I think you know nobody can be against that point we're we're picking from the same team except i'm gonna pick carlos wow i i think carlos could do it i think it could be his season um of course max verstappen is a crazy talented driver adrian newey and red bull are always strong so it's gonna be a dogfight. but i think carlos potentially i think he's got the talent he's always wanted to represent ferrari um you know, I, I just think that he he has what it takes. I think he's fast. He's a smooth operator, as he likes to say. <laughs> and I I think that he could he could do it this season, as long as Ferrari can minimize you know their issues with strategy and race that they've seemed to have before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think he can do it, man. I I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and I mean that's. That's something I, I wouldn't doubt either. I mean, Carlos Sainz, he's grown on me the last few years, and he is just exceptionally talented. I think it's a driver that's often overlooked. Um, and he he's just, when he's on his day, it's 
it's you know he's in positions where he shouldn't be a lot of the times like bases <laughs> on the car or sometimes the strategy and he always seems to just be a little punching a little bit above his weight all the time right he's just always in contention somehow and i think that that makes a difference when you're if you have a better car and you're showing up and you're doing the right things on the right day it's that pays off for you I mean, look how much consistency helped Max last year. You know, yep. we used to talk about him just being completely inconsistent. And he rarely, well, I think, I mean, he had mistakes on the track, right? Being aggressive. But, but in terms of quality, I, what the only, the only inconsistency is he, he touched the wall in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. That, that was the only, he was just bulletproof. Yeah, I mean... And that's how Lewis is, too. Just bulletproof. And Carlos, I just feel, is a, is just like that. Is If you keep knocking on the door long enough, eventually it's going to open. And I think... Yeah, I think this could be the season for him because he rarely makes mistakes. He's extremely good under braking. Uh, he makes a ton of passes under braking. Um he's fast and if they give him the platform to go be successful i think that there's every opportunity that he will be minimal with his mistakes and uh, make it count so uh, he's kind of my pick pick to surprise the season and pick to to be the champion i think he could do it yeah yeah I, i i i can't argue with it i really can't now as far as you know who you're looking at for constructor. Um, I don't know. I, it's so funny. Red Bull is such an enigma to me in some ways because you know what Max is going to bring you. And yet for a lot of the season last year, Sergio was behind where everybody thought he should be running. Right. There's something about that number two Red Bull seat, man. I'm telling you <laughs> when it was Seb, it was the same thing with Weber. Um, you know, when he was there and then, you know, Seb eventually made way because Ricardo was was taking him out. It's just there's something I don't know. There's something about that seat. And I can see Max winning the championship, but I don't know that Red Bull may be stout enough to take the constructor just kind of like last season. Um, it does seem like, yeah, it just seems like there's never two drivers pulling their weight. Right. That team. It's just never, it's always something wrong with the second seat. And, you know, in terms of constructors, it didn't, I mean, Weber did well. So well enough that they were able to grab him, uh, grab constructors and stuff. But like last year with Perez, uh, they just, they weren't in contention in a lot of the years. Um, you know, it was either one of the drivers always seems to not be. There's never like a, a Red Bull one two. It seemed like right until sometime this season. You know, like when Ricardo and Max were there, it was one was doing well and one was just not in the running. I know. Yeah, I. So I, I don't know if I would pick them to win the constructors. Um, so for the constructors, I would say probably between. I would say between Ferrari and Mercedes, maybe McLaren, uh, depending on how McLaren does. You know, Daniel Ricciardo last year 
by his own admission, had a down season. Mm-hmm. Um, so he will definitely need to pick it up. And another thing for McLaren with Daniel this year is he's missed out on some crucial track time because he just tested positive for COVID. So he didn't get any laps in at Bahrain, I believe. Um, right. So he, he was the on one. All of that. Right, and he was the one playing catch up the entire year. He he did better in the the second half of the season, and yes. after after what was it after Russia with Norris, yeah. he just seemed to kind of falter a little bit. He had such a good season up to Russia, and after he he lost out on that win, it was like he just he crumbled. Um, but yeah, it it I think the car they stopped development on the car, and I think it just ferrari ended up edging him out but mm-hmm. yeah I, I if anything i think daniel needed more time i mean the car is completely changed again right so he's not working with the 2021 car that he right. seems to kind of struggled with but yeah especially with these new machines track time is crucial mm-hmm. so yeah I, means- I to understand that car and how it performs and for him to miss out on potentially, you know, a couple of hundred laps of testing, um, you can't make that time up. So now he's learning on the fly within practice and qualifying, trying to play catch up and, and then the race. He's using racing essentially potentially as a uh, as kind of his testing times, <laughs> which right. isn't great. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, there's. I guess the summary, if you just want to skip to this minute in the podcast, is there's a lot of unknowns and we have no idea. That's so, right. um, no, I mean, you said a lot without saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I, it's a lot of speculation, but, you know, we're going to know less than a week's time. Um, oh, I can't wait. Who's got pace and who doesn't? I mean, gloves come off, gloves come off uh, Saturday next Saturday. Yep. Can't so, hide anything in qualifying any longer, so we're going to know pretty quick. Yeah, you can't you can uh that's when the sandbagging stops and that's you know, right. They the track does the talking. But it, it's it's going it's going to be fun. Um I have to say Bahrain is top 3 favorite tracks of mine. I love Bahrain. Yeah, Absolutely. it's a good track. Adore Bahrain. I think it's like it's always Australia. Just seems like to not be. I like I like Australia a lot too, but it, it just always seems to not show the proper pace of some teams. There's just always been a team that has shown up really well in Australia, and then they do jack shit the rest of the season. <laughs> so you know, I, I and I just think Bahrain is just a very. Um, nice representation of what your car is yeah so i agree i think it's going to be um i think it's going to be a really awesome start to the season i'm i'm really pumped i do like the idea too that where they do their preseason testing is also the first race because i think that gives the fans a good chance to have uh, a pretty good spectacle of an event because it's kind of a known quantity um mm-hmm to the teams instead of just, you know, going to Barcelona and running a ton of laps and then showing up at Albert Park and being like, well, what the hell do we do here? You know? So. Yeah. It kind of gives people too, if, if they're talking about new fans or, you know, more casual fans. So if you give them representation of like, okay, so this is a venue, right? Mm-hmm. So this is where they were at. So you kind of get more familiar with the track 
And so you yeah. know what to expect for the first race in terms of layout and um, uh, where where some teams might be stronger. And then, you know, for more hardcore fans, I, I think you get to do the nerd side of it. Oh, well, let's look at the let's look at the sector times from from testing to what we have in practice. And, you know, what, yep. let's see where where some teams are you know, losing time rather than gaining time. It, it just, I think it gives a better representation of this. And I don't know. I like Bahrain. I love night races. There's fireworks. There's, there's sparks. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a nice spectacle. I mean, it is. Sing- Singapore might be one of the most boring races now, <laughs> but man, it looks good. You know, that, that, that track looks amazing on television. And I, I think uh-huh. that's how Bahrain is, but Bahrain has, <laughs> proper racing so yep that's right well wow um well thank you dude yeah it's man it's such a long time back. coming i <laughs> know <laughs> oh, uh, it was a good time i i'm looking forward to sunday so much and can't wait to chat about the race then and uh it's gonna be exciting that's for sure yeah we'll have to we'll have to rope you back in i, I really want yep. to make this you know as as this fans i think you know the hardest thing for us has always been consistency, right? Because I think life is always life is very unpredictable, and it oh, gets yes. in the way. And uh, for some very good reasons, we've missed it, and probably for some very you know not so good reasons, we've missed you know podcasts mm-hmm. and being inconsistent. So, you know, we really want to make this season. This is an exciting season. Um, we all love doing this, and I mean, if there's five people that listen, or there ends up being in years time thousands, I, I just it's fun talking about the sport. It's yep, and I think you feel the same way. And you know, Raz, Thompson, Greg all do as well. And it'll be nice to get everyone back in it. And um, you know, uh, make make too early predictions, get in some arguments. I mean, it's it's all in good fun. <laughs> That's right. So, well, dude. I mean, have a good one. And I think it will be you and I, and probably a few more guys, <laughs> um, for next race. So, All right, man. Sounds good. We'll see you in what? It's going to be one week's time. Yep, one All week's right. time. All right, have a good one. Happy F- F1 2022 season. That's right. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Peace.